Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am super excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Tim Schmoyer, and we'll be talking about everything you need to know to get started with a successful YouTube channel. We're going to get into a lot of nitty gritty kind of stuff that you will love if you're thinking about starting a new YouTube channel or starting from scratch. I think you're going to find a lot of value. Also, if you want to reach out to me, you can always email me at podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What did you find, Eric? I found yet another one of those mobile apps that does images and video and captions and moving text, but... It's, and it's called Ripple, R-I-P-L-E. Sorry, there's no E. R-I-P-L. Just, okay, <laughs> one P and one L. Okay, R-I-P-L. Yes. What is it? R-I-P-L. Tell us about it. Is it uh, tell us what it does first. So what it does is, again, like I said, it, it basically creates different square slash rectangular, you know, all the different kinds of images like we've seen with other apps that are out there. This one's unique, though, in that it does a lot of the motion graphic type stuff. Um, And for examples for this, I really must point you to Instagram.com slash SM Examiner to our Instagram account because Jeff C. has been doing with this app a ton of the cool stuff that's on our Instagram account. Can you describe in words some of the motion effects that you think this thing can do? Yeah, so it can have text that's like zooming towards you, uh, like singular words, all it, you know, like, you know, like, like Star Wars esque almost. Week. Yeah, yeah, like almost like that. Only um, you, you can do the crawl, or you can have them like you know, single words, one at a time, zooming towards you. Um, different. It, it just it has one a unique style that is not necessarily out there in any of the other apps that i've seen that do similar functions like this but it also has this one other unique feature where it has a pro setting or a pro account version that you can pay for in app that's like 9.99 a month or like 59.99 for a year so you get half price that way. And what you do then is then it gives you the access to remove their watermark, add in even your own watermark and branding, or just remove theirs altogether. Um, you get access to a bunch of other pre-populated uh, you know, templates of designs and um, From what I recall, all of that. if this is what we're using, 
it's not just that you can do cool animations with words, but also you can, if I'm not mistaken, put like some sort of an overlay over the top of graphics, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's got all these different, like you can have a per like we've done it. They, they give an example where there's Tim Cook standing there and it's a, it's a still frame of him, but then a quote of his one, a background kind of slides over him, but doesn't cover him. And then the text comes in too. And, and we've done that with a lot of our speakers from social media marketing world. It's a very, it's a very cool effect. And this is all done presumably as a mobile app. Is that correct? It's yes. It's all done in app on the mobile app right now. It is only iOS. However, they have an Android waiting list. Very cool. So, so um, we can find this in the Apple store right now and download a free version of it. But you did say that it's watermarked somehow. It's got the ripple brand on it. Is that correct? There is. Yeah, it is in there. Um, It's not, really big but again it's it's one of those things where if, right. if it drives you nuts you can get rid of it and, or you can um, pay the 10 bucks a month or whatever yeah right? yeah exactly where do so, we is there like an official website for this or is it exclusively in the apple store yeah you can you don't have to just go to the apple store to look it up you can go to uh r-i-p-l ripple.com and that's where you can grab the link for the ios store or you can sign up for the android waiting list awesome thank you so much eric you're welcome I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's move over to this week's interview with Tim Schmoyer. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm super excited to be joined today by Tim Schmoyer. If you don't know who Tim is, he's the founder of Video Creators, a YouTube channel and website by the same name that helps people grow their YouTube subscribers. He has more than 10 years of experience with this, millions of video views, and more than 200,000 YouTube subscribers. In my opinion, Tim is the world's leading expert on building YouTube channels. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Michael. Good to talk with you again. So today we're going to focus in on what you need to know to get started with building a successful YouTube channel. And I'm just going to dig right in here. Um, Tim, a lot of people think of YouTube as kind of a repository where they just simply upload videos because so many apps just have that upload to YouTube thing (laughs) built into it, right? Right. Yeah. Um, Should we be using it as kind of a quote unquote dump where we just put all of our videos or should we be more intentional and try to create something that is actually a little bit more organized that 
more like a library, if you will. What are your thoughts sure. on that? Yeah, you can go the dump approach if your goal is like not to really grow a community. If your goal is you, you, you have no need for subscribers, no need to convert anyone to anything. If it's just like, I just want to put this because I want to share this video with my aunt and that's it. You know, that, that makes sense. But I think for most of us as marketers, like we actually want to grow like a brand around this, around this stuff. Like we have a brand and the videos are supposed to be a part of that brand. Like we want to grow subscribers. We want to grow views. We want to grow sales, conversions, all those types of things. And to do that, like you really need to grow a channel, not just like dump your videos there. So explain what it means to grow. What for, Let's back up. What is a channel mm-hmm. exactly? Can you describe what that means in words? Yeah, like a channel is like a fancy word for like your YouTube account, basically. You know, it's it's the place where your videos reside on YouTube, you know, youtube.com slash video creators in my sense. Uh, in my case, that's where, you know, my videos go. And so people who are looking for my videos know where to go to, to find those. And a channel in my brain, if I think about the vernacular, is kind of like a television channel in the olden days, right? We would turn on our channel, different channels, like we might even today with cable, right? You turn on HDTV like my wife would, and you're going to find home improvement stuff. Yeah. And you turn on Discovery Channel, and you might learn all about sharks if it's Shark Week, right? So is that kind of the idea with a YouTube channel, is that it should be themed around a certain topic? Um, it could be around a topic, but it doesn't have to be. It could be. It could revolve around a belief. It could revolve around, um, you know, something that that like a creed that you have. It could revolve around a person or an individual, like a celebrity. It could revolve around any number of things. A channel on television usually has uh, like a wide variety of programming. You know, so if you watch like one broadcast network you'll get shows that are mostly just entertainment and then the next show might be like a drama series and then the next show might be news um yeah news you know there's a wide variety of audiences that they're trying to cater to on one channel that's not actually that's the best way to not grow a channel on youtube is to try to cater to 15 different audiences on one channel. On YouTube, a channel is very specific, or it should be in order to grow. It should be, it should target a very specific group of people and deliver a very specific value. Now, that's not to say you can't have like different styles of content on there. This doesn't really have as much to do with style of content or genre of content. It has more to do with the value proposition that your channel has for a specific audience. And when you do that well on one channel, that's what will really help your channel grow the best. So um, before we get into what you need to know to build a YouTube channel, I want to flash back. Uh, you and I were at VidCon in Anaheim a couple months ago. Yeah. And surrounded by tens of thousands of um, teenagers basically going nuts over YouTube. <laughs> so um, why don't you tell everyone kind of who is the demographic on YouTube? Is it just young children? Um, you know, Tell us a little bit about that audience that's there. They, they are all there. And I know it like, sounds like, oh, that's what you're supposed to say, Tim. No, but like, if you look at the actual analytic, analytical data from YouTube, it is, uh, there's a lot of teenagers there, right? And that's usually what people think of now. You know, years ago, they used to think of just cat videos. Now they think of screaming teenagers. But statistically, 
Um, there, even people who are age 65 and older will watch, uh, will visit YouTube at least t- on average twice a month, you know, so they're not, there like actively consuming tons and tons of content, but everyone uses YouTube if they search Google, you know, they're inevitably a YouTube video is going to pop up in search results. Uh, one's going to be shared on Facebook, you know, something there, people, everyone's on YouTube and, uh, but, but most people think of it as that teenage audience. Yeah. So chances are pretty good whether you that's listening right now is trying to target a consumer or even a business to business person, they're going to be on YouTube. That's what I hear you saying. They're all there, just like they're all on Facebook, right? Exactly. It's become ubiquitous and it's kind of become a utility or a tool that everyone uses, some in different ways, some subscribe to channels, right? Just like they might Mm -hmm. record a television show. Others just use it utilitarian, like how do I, how do I? how do I get this, you know, lawnmower part replaced or something like that, you know, a self-help video kind of thing. Yeah. All right. So, um, let's start out with some of the most common mistakes that people make when it comes to their YouTube channel, because I'm sure you've made some, I've made some (laughs) and let's help people not make those same mistakes. Yeah. I watched some of your videos, Michael. I got some tips for you here. Uh, I, I got, yeah, there's a lot of common mistakes. I think maybe for our purposes, like the three, there's three really big ones. And the and there, these are in no particular order. But one is that I see a lot of people that one of the mistakes they come, they make when they come to YouTube is they feel like, oh, I need to have like this big high-end production team and I need to have all this fancy equipment. And, and even before they create their channel, they've gone out and they've maybe spent 10 grand on video production equipment. And then they start reading the manual. Okay, I gotta learn how to use this. Oh, what is, ISO aperture, like what are these things? <laughs> and if they and they just get really discouraged really fast if you're trying to do it yourself, um, you know it, it's. I just want to let people know that that is not necessary. You can grow a very successful channel with some very basic equipment. Uh, you do need a little, you do need equipment, but you know, sometimes your iPhone will be very sufficient depending on the type of content you want to make and the audience that you're trying to reach and, and, uh, you know, the brand, the image you want to present for your brand and, and things like that. But you don't need to go all out and spend tons of money on this. Just start with what you have is usually what I recommend. Um, and you can get some pretty good production out of just a tiny little lens on a camera and maybe, uh, you know, hundred dollar external microphone that you'll clip into your phone or something well, like what that. Did, that. When that you got started, started, what were you using? I uh, was using an eight millimeter camera. You know what those are? Yeah, like <laughs> like, like a Sony Handy Cam or something like that. Yeah, it was a Panasonic. Yeah, the same thing. You actually put this like tape that had this like magnetic plastic strip. You know that would go in there, and it would be like a cassette tape. Basically. All the younger people are like, "What in the world are you talking about?" <laughs> oh man, the camera would eat, it would eat my tape every time, and so I had to keep doing. Even though the take was good, like I had to re- keep redoing it because it kept eating the ribbon, and it was terrible. <laughs> but that's what I got started on. Very cool. Thing. So just in summary, you do not need to look like what you see on television, right? You don't need a full on no. production studio. In fact, sometimes it works against you if you do, because people have a different expectation. We could get all into this. I don't know if you want to, but there's different expectations people have for content when they're watching television. It's a very passive viewing experience as opposed to YouTube. It's very active. Like people are leaning in at their desk, you know, watching. They're they're, they're actively engaged as opposed to like multitasking or having the television. Or they're holding their phone in their hand a few inches from their face watching it. Yeah, watching television. Yeah. So they have different expectations. And on YouTube, people are very forgiving of shaky hand cam 
time and things like that. If the content value is high, that's really what you need to focus on is the actual value that you're providing more so than the actual production so value. So you said there were three mistakes. So what yeah. are the others? Another one is a lot of people think they spend a lot of time focusing on the content itself and very little time in comparison thinking about the title and the thumbnail of the video. The way it works on YouTube is it doesn't matter how amazing your content is if no one's enticed to click on it in the first place. And this, uh, this principle applies to blogging and even podcast titles and stuff like that. But on YouTube, you, you potentially will get most of your, tra your traffic from related videos and suggested videos that, that YouTube suggests and says related while people are browsing other content. And um, if, you're, if you're getting like 90% of your, con your traffic from that way, that's like a huge traffic potential source. The, the only reason someone's going to click on it is because it has a title and a thumbnail that are enticing to them. So a lot of the top YouTube creators that I know actually spend just as much time, if not more time, developing their title and thumbnail as they do the actual content itself because they understand this principle that amazing videos don't get clicked if they don't have amazing titles and thumbnails. Okay, so there's kind of a there's kind of a two sides to this this particular mistake here. Side number one is they're spending too much time actually producing the video, right? Which kind of implies it's okay to be imperfect. Is that what I hear you saying? Or, um, you, or too much time is kind of relative to the content and your goals and things. So, or they're making too many takes, or I mean, like, or is the key point here? They're not spending really any time yeah. on on the thumbnail and the description, which is the stuff that gets seen first. Sure, exactly. That's yeah, that's it. So I would recommend um, pretty much in every case, it doesn't matter if you're making like educational content, if you're making more entertainment based content or whatever, if it's more narrative, doesn't really matter. You should, whenever possible, start with your title and your thumbnail in mind first before you start shooting the video. And the reason for that is because then you can potentially go capture the thumbnail you need. Like, okay, I'm going to make a video titled how to make Michael Stelzner look awesome on stage, okay? So this that's the title. So I need to open up this video, and this is a third tip, you know, taking too long to, or mistake is is taking too long to hook the viewer. I need to open up this video in the first 15 seconds by talking about this very subject matter. Like, here's Michael Stelzner on stage, and he looks okay, but he could look more awesome. I don't know why I went with this example. Nothing <laughs> yeah. personal. We'll, we'll take <laughs> it's, it. It's good. It's just the first thing that came to, head, that came to mind. And so we need to make sure that we capture like we open the video like this and we need to make capture a thumbnail of him on stage with like this type of look on his face and his hands and then this type of expression you know and so they so kind, then so you kind go, of a thumbnail that makes me look like I don't really look professional is what you're saying make right? you look enticing you know whatever that might look like oh oh make me look better <laughs> now it's getting awkward oh, I, I, well okay so but but okay let's just say hypothetically taking me out of it let's just say that the uh, the, the video was how to how to how to look better on stage okay sure. so would the would the picture of the thumbnail be a very professional looking person on stage or would it be a very unprofessional looking person on stage you know which one would be the more compelling one does that make sense yeah like if you're going after a professional audience who wants to be perceived as more professional on stage then you want to make the thumbnail that portrays that you know so maybe it's a picture that looks like you see that there's a crowd of people but you can see there's a spotlight on this main focal point of and the everybody's image. reacting maybe to that person that's yeah, you don't see the, him on the stage but you see the crowd really elated looks, 
confident, you know, as opposed to shooting that video first and then figuring out, ah, oh, what's the exact title going to be? We don't know. And now the opening part of the video doesn't quite connect with the, with the title and the title actually does connect, but it doesn't connect until like two and a half minutes into the video. Hmm. And then the thumbnail you get, you actually got to end up using some sort of stock image instead of something that relates to the video because you, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's really important to start with the title and thumbnail first. And then that mistake three is not, is taking too long to hook that viewer. You got like 15 seconds max. And when someone clicks a title and thumbnail, the f- opening seconds of that video need to relate exactly to that title and thumbnail so that the viewer feels like, okay, the value I clicked expecting uh, the value I, I expected to get from this video that I clicked to get will be coming. Like it's coming. Yep. They reaffirmed that. And this is where time. copywriting comes in really strong. And all you got to do is read any good article on a website, maybe like social media examiner, you know, and I could see like, uh, you know, I could see a, a face talking to the camera where something along the lines of, is your biggest fear that you'll look like a fool on the stage? Exactly. You know, do you want to be empowered to deliver your best presentation without having to worry that you don't look good? You know, this is what today's video is all about. Something along those lines would probably catch them in the first 15 seconds, right? Exactly. So, um, okay, good. So we've gotten a little bit into some of the common mistakes that people make. Uh, Let's get into some of the the channel side of things for a little bit here. When someone is going to be building a channel, and let's just assume we're getting started here, right? So we're starting from scratch. I know that I want to build a channel or I want to, you know, basically start a second or third channel on a topic. What do we need to think about first for the channel itself? Yeah. Um, the, the number one thing, and, and I think a lot of people understand this because coming from a business background, but is you need to know who your target audience is and the value that you propose to deliver to them through the channel. Because the questions people are asking before they consume content is one, is this for me? And then if it is for me too, why should I care? You know, what, what value, like people are listening to this podcast because it's valuable to them personally or, or in their business or something. So we want to do the same thing with, with YouTube. Um, and so that means you got to have a really specific target audience. And you got to know what value. And then after that, then you got to um, create content that will deliver that value consistently and predictably in every single video that you do. So that means when you open up the video, like you're hooking them by addressing your target audience, by pitching the value of this video, um, and then you maybe a quick branded little intro and then you're, then you introduce yourself real quickly and then you deliver the value, um, as opposed to just kind of like, Hey, we're gonna make this YouTube channel. One video is going to be like this really like long replay of a webinar we did. The next one's going to be me shooting from my iPhone at my desk, showing you what I ate for dinner. You know, like as a, it's gotta be a really consistent value for a specific audience. Well, That's let's, let's it. take your channel as an example. Okay. Um, who are you trying to reach and what are you trying to say? Because obviously you're intentional. So tell us, like lay out the yeah. example. It's shifting a little bit now, but um, when I started it, it was for that hobby YouTube creator who is, you know, no time to part time on their channel, has a has a big vision, has a big dream for what they want to accomplish on their channel and is is getting started. And so that's 
who my specific audience was and it still is in some in some regard and that's who I'm targeting so my value proposition to them is master YouTube spread your message you know so that's the what I'm doing is going to teach you how to master YouTube and then the why it matters is we're going to reach people and impact their lives and make a difference in the world and so every video I do not only do I say that but every video points to that like here guys here's you know you want to grow your channel so you can reach people and spread your message here's what needs to happen blah 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 give the content you know, and every, every video points to that. Sweet. That was awesome. Now yeah. let's talk about some of the customization that we can do at the channel level. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole bunch of things that we can customize, right? So where do we want to start? Yeah. The way I think about your channel is your channel is kind of like your brand, so to speak. And your videos are like your product, again, so to speak. So the videos is what you want people to consume from you. And your channel is kind of what represents that that brand and everything and all the products that are, that are under it. So the way I think about it is like, let's say you're going to set up a restaurant. The first thing you need to do is you need to set up the restaurant. Like you got to set up your home base. You got to get the the mood lighting set up, get the systems in place that will serve customers well. You got to order all the, you know, the um, tables and chairs and get everything set up. And then you open for business. Then you're going to invite people to come in. And hopefully, since they have a good experience at your restaurant, they'll keep coming back. Same thing's true for YouTube. You're first going to set up your channel. You're going to customize it. And we'll talk about those things here in a second. And then once you got your home base set up, then that's when I start thinking about, all right, let's go do the SEO thing. Let's go start optimizing. Let's get people to come to our restaurant because our home base has already been optimized to the point where once they get here, they'll stick and they'll keep watching and they'll subscribe and they'll start becoming a part of the community as opposed to, hey, I got this video. It did well, but I had a really high bounce rate from it and people just abandoned the video and left. So the first thing you want to think about when you come to your channel is that header image at the top. Um, Most people don't realize this, but if you look in your YouTube analytics, you'll see uh, under subscribers, you'll see that the majority of your people, if you have a typical channel, the majority will subscribe by clicking that red subscribe button right beneath that header image, as opposed to this red subscribe button that's underneath every video on your on your channel. Is that on the right side of the image? Um, on think. the image, yes, yeah, so the right side, right right beneath it, right um, right below, like your your links and things like that, your icons and stuff that you would have okay. for your channel. Yep. So that's the one that, and by like a ratio, it's so like very average. It's like one. Every one person who subscribes by clicking the video or the subscribe button beneath the video, about mm, one, two hundred, I've seen as high as 400 people will subscribe on the front of the channel. And the reason for that is people are like, hey, this video is interesting. What else do they have? Like, is this just one video or is there something else here that I'd be interested in? And so they go to the channel to check it out. So most people, when they're looking at the front of your channel, are like, are, the, the question they're asking is, do I want to subscribe to this channel or not? So you have to optimize the front of your channel to make it easy for people to for It's kind of like yes. the homepage on your website, right? Because like yes, exactly. most people that have blogs know that their homepage probably gets the most amount of traffic, right? And mm-hmm. I think it's exactly what you said. I think they come in and they read a piece of content and then they end up going to the homepage to see what else there is. So so when they're on, um, what do you call that? Is it a homepage or, or title page? Yeah, your, your channel, in front of your channel. Your channel page or whatever. Yeah. So, so there's a graphic at the top, right? So how big is that graphic and what can we do with that graphic as far as branding goes? It's kind of complicated because it scales significantly depending on if you're on desktop versus mobile versus a gaming console or a smart TV or something. Oh, really? 
Yeah, you can download um, a PSD template straight from Google's um, help section. That'll give you a template with all the the rules and the guidelines on it, as far as like what will show up and which types of devices. So it's kind of hard, but basically, you get a little bit amount of space in the very, very middle of it. Um, to, so, to it, what's really the proper term terminology if somebody wants to Google search for that? Is it called the YouTube header, or what do they call it exactly? Do yeah, let me do it here. YouTube header image template should bring it up. Uh, yes. So I just searched for YouTube header image template, and the first result there is called on Google's uh, help is create or edit channel art. Perfect. And you can download it there. So um, any general rule of thumbs of what you do? Because obviously it sounds like it crops in on it if you're on a mobile device, <clears throat> but if you're on like a TV or whatever, right, it's going to show more of it, I'm guessing. So yep, exactly. is the general rule of thumb to create a super high res image that can kind of be resized by Google depending on the platform the user's on? Yeah, they, they, they crop. They don't resize. So um, you get like a little bit of space in the be- in the very middle. And that header image, I recommend that you try to communicate your value to your target audience as visually as possible. You can put text on there, but most people will just, you know, they'll look at it, they'll glance at it, and then they're on. They, they move on to the next Describe thing. what you're doing with yours. Yeah, so mine is like, hey, I'm Tim. This is me. So I got like a little picture of myself there and a little check mark of credibility type of thing showing that I'm certified by YouTube and audience growth there. And then I actually named my channel after my target audience. So it's called Video Creators. So that that helps. And then uh, I just have my value prop there. So it's called uh, Master YouTube. Spread your message. You know, so so people are like, okay, yeah, I want to master YouTube. So it's not intended to fully communicate like the depth of everything we represent and stand for. It's just to kind of like in a quick two seconds, can I understand what this is about? And so, then after so, that, so, so yeah, let's talk about that. So you've got some sort of photograph in there, right? And then you've got, um, I mean, like what part of this can be cross applicable to anyone, right? Like put some sort of a picture in there that maybe either shows who you are or what you stand for. Is that kind of what I hear you saying? And then yep. some sort of a slogan that maybe conveys what the value is that they would get if they were to subscribe to this channel. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and, and the more you can communicate that visually, the better. If there's a lot of text in that people don't even read, you know, that it, you can put like, like a, like your tagline or your value prop or something like that. But if you just start explaining it with a lot of text and you have like a posting schedule over here, you got subscribe over there and you got like all these different call to actions to think it gets too cluttered. People just you it. have a pretty significant height, don't you, even on the desktop, right? I mean, it's it's a decent amount of space, isn't it, for you to be able to put some stuff in there? Like, I'm I, I'm going off memory because I don't want to pull up your YouTube channel and have it start auto-playing on me. <laughs> but I'm thinking it was a couple inches high, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on the screen resolution. Right. But uh, let me, I mean, I can pull up the template here um, if you like. I, I don't remember offhand, but I think it's, I'm going off it's like 150 pixels or something. Yeah, so 144 pixels is two inches. So it's a little more than two inches. So that's pretty cool. All right, so we've talked about the header graphic. And do you have any other channels you want people to check out to just kind of see uh, other people that do pretty cool uh, header graphics? Yeah, um, off the top of my head, I th- like think Sorted Food 
is, uh, is, is does a pretty good job with um, both their their channel trailer and their header image and and the way they kind of have their their channels set up and it's for sorted optimized. food is that right sorted food yeah so it'd be like youtube.com slash sorted food likely would get correct them there. okay cool yeah yeah so then the the channel trailer then should, well like people saw the header image you know so number one then number two then you communicate your value proposition t- to your target audience in more detail in your channel trailer about 30 to 45 seconds. You're just quickly, again, hooking them at the very beginning by calling them out and by saying, this is, you know, hey, video YouTube creators, you know, I, you know, whatever. And so then you, you hook them, you pitch your value, give them a few examples of what that looks like, and then call end with a very strong call to action to subscribe. You can introduce yourself in there, tell your story a little bit too, if it's applicable. Um, so let's zoom in, in here. So this, this, this channel trailer or trailer video is kind of like, kind of like I think of trailers to movies, right? I mean, it's meant to just be a preview of you or some sort of an overview of you. I've seen a lot of people just take their best video and stick it there. Do you recommend doing that or? No. Okay. Again, because this is the, the most, people are primarily on the front of your channel because they are thinking about subscribing. And so taking one of your best videos might give them an idea, but it's way more stronger if, if they're there for the first time and they feel like you're calling them out, like you are talking to them. Like, hey, video, like YouTube creators, this channel is all about helping you grow your YouTube audience so that you can spread a message that reaches people and changes their lives. I do that here with three series every week. We got this, we got that, and the other thing. Uh, I started on YouTube in March 2nd, 2006, just opened my first video. I've learned a lot since then. And so I want to help you learn those things too. Subscribe to get. Um, you know, next Thursday's video where we dig into some of these things, subscribe and I'll see you then. Bye. You know, gotcha. So it's really meant to keep me uh, just a, I mean, at the most basic level, a welcome personalized video to the audience. Like, thanks for checking out my channel. This is what we're all about here. Right. Yep. And it's like, Hey, I got 30 to 45 seconds to hook you because you know, you're not, you're not going to watch anymore invested yeah. into our, our content yet. Yeah. And then beneath that, a little different playlist that will show That's number three. And you R- can, real quick on the video thing. I just want to dig yeah. in here for a little bit long. I've seen some people go crazy haywire with the, with uh, really fancy music and lots of like, you know, animation and different stuff going on to kind of create this kind of wow effect. Do you recommend that for someone just getting started or do you recommend more of the simple thing that we just talked about a minute ago? I recommend whatever is the like kind of the style that most of your videos will be in. I would make it in that same style. So set the expectation. You know, it, it, like if you're going to have all this fancy like visual effects going on and things like that, but the rest of your videos are just you talking to your phone, for example, that sets a different expectation. So I would just be just be consistent with the style you'll have for most of your videos. Perfect. Okay. And you were getting into playlists. So go ahead and talk yeah, about that. Yeah. Playlist is a, I mean, we could spend a whole podcast just on these, but these are very important. Uh, the, the general principle to keep in mind is okay, I, I got the header image, I got an idea. I watched the channel trailer. I, you know, I, I think I get it. Now show me. Like, give me some examples. And so, you know, maybe consider making a playlist like, hey, new to my channel, start here, you know, type of thing. Just put like five, six, seven videos in there. Make it easy for, for someone to complete the entire playlist as opposed to like 200 and people are like, oh, I don't got time for this you know, in the route. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for my channel, I've learned from my analytics that the vast majority of people discover my channel because they're looking for a very practical how to 
tips, ideas, trainings for how to grow a YouTube channel. So my first playlist is uh, an auto-populated playlist that just any video I tag with how-to is automatically added to that playlist and just pops up right there on the, on the front because that's what my people are looking for. So that works well and just helping me, again, like this is what they're looking for. This is the value that they want. Let me make it easy for them to see that this is the value my channel provides by the way, I title and structure my playlists. And the goal of the playlist is not just to organize your content. That's helpful, but it's more to get people to start watching a video, but then to watch three more videos of yours, not necessarily just to organize it because they all are, you know, vlogs as opposed to trainings and tutorials or something. When you set up a playlist, is it just what controls do you have? Can you control the name of the list and the description and then the video show up? Or how does that work exactly? Yeah, the, every playlist has its own metadata, which is the has its own titles and descriptions, just like a video will. And you should certainly optimize those titles to, again, not just like vlogs, but... Um, but write something that's enticing. Like you're not just trying to categorize them. You're trying to entice someone to like, oh, this looks like a good series of videos. I want to watch through all of these and, and titling it that way and giving it a good description that helps with that. How many playlists should we have just out of curiosity? Oh, you can have up to 200, I think is max on a channel. What if you're getting started though? Yeah, on the front of your channel, I wouldn't have more than five, six, eight would be ultimate max. But the goal is not to show every single video on the front of your channel. The, the, the goal is to funnel people so from the header image to the channel trailer to the playlist and then just give them like the videos that you want them to watch next, like curating their, their, their experience with your channel so that they feel like, yes, these are videos that are valuable to me. I want to subscribe and watch more of these as they come out. You, you mentioned one of your playlists. Can do you have the rest a couple more handy just so we can kind of hear an example of maybe some different playlists that are somehow related to the main theme? Yeah. And, and just for clarity, like I said, you can have 200 playlists. They don't all have to be in the front of your channel, though. You can link to them in descriptions and interactive cards. You can I mean, tweet them. You can you know, share the playlist. But the ones on your front of your channel should just be optimized for converting that, un, that non-subscribed viewer into a subscriber. So I start on mine with recent how-to YouTube trainings. That's the title of the playlist. And I have them in a horizontal view uh, layout because you can see a little bit more. The thumbnail is a little bit bigger. The titles pop out a little bit more. You can read some of the description text as well. My next one answers the second biggest question most of my my audience is asking and is how do I grow a business around my YouTube channel? So mm -hmm. that playlist is growing a business around your YouTube channel. And so I have, you know, some description text that, of the playlist that pops up here and, and that's in a vertical, or I'm sorry, um, a horizontal um, layout as well. So wait a minute, just to be clear, can you go vertical or horizontal? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And so, does, it, does it work the same on mobile as it does on desktop? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, they, it, they'll they'll show it differently on different on different devices. I see. Uh, so I, I have mine here for desktop because that's what I'm looking at right now. Got it. So um, can you control when you add a new video whether it goes to the front or the back side of the the playlist? Yep, you can set the playlist to auto-organize themselves based on alphabetically, date published, last updated, tags that are in it. There's a lot of different uh, ways you can have them auto-populate themselves. Sweet. All right, so we've got ourselves a killer uh, graphic at the top. We've got a really cool uh, trailer video. We've got our playlist set up, and maybe we've got a couple of videos in the pipeline. 
or you know already published, how do we actually go about growing that subscription, that YouTube subscriber? Yeah, that's another big <laughs> we we could as you may imagine, but uh, simply very like big high level is there's a few big ways to do this. One way is to collaborate with people who do have existing audiences, and they don't have to be your same. Like you just want to be in front of your same audience, not like the same genre of channel, you know. So if you are a, um, let's say you're doing an energy drink, you know, like you don't need to be just collaborating with energy drink channels. You could also be health, fitness, workout stuff, right? Yeah, and gamers, for example, or or maybe you're like a music band. You know, that might like a punk rock music band might make sense to collaborate with gaming also. Like, so it's not just your same genre. Just think about where is my audience and who else has them and collaborate with them. That's one way. Well, hold on. When you say collaborate, what do you mean exactly? Oh yeah, collaborate is like, hey, let's uh, get together and let's make a video. So I'll make a video highlighting you on my channel, and you let's make a video for your channel highlighting me. Ah, so it's almost like what we call takeovers in the world of social media so it's almost like like they're making well i guess they could technically take over your channel or you could just profile them is what i hear you saying you guys agree to profile each other is that the idea yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I just did one earlier this afternoon. I was live streaming on my channel and I had a bunch of different creators on. And so I got to promote them and their channels to my audience. And they undoubtedly picked up subscribers and new viewership from that. And it's just intentionally building relationships with other creators who share your audience and hopefully also your your mission for what you're doing on your channel. What's the low-hanging fruit on the subscription side of things? Because you know some of us in the beginning may not have those yeah. kind of relationships in place, but there's got to be an easy way just to get some of these viewers to become subscribers, right? Yeah. Another way is to, like I said earlier, like if you're doing it as well, your number one traffic source will probably be um, related videos. Uh, and, and by primary, I mean like if you're getting like 90% of your views or more from suggested related traffic, like that's a pretty solid channel. Uh, and so I would just focus on making content. Like people are going to click on it, even though they've never heard of you before, as long as the title and the thumbnail pitch value to them and they feel like, oh, this is what I need. And you start getting the watch time you need, which is when people are just you know, spending a lot of time watching that video, then those videos will begin to rank well. So I would, I would uh, think of um, how can I start banking off of that related content? So do you want me to give a few examples? Or does that yeah, make sense? give me an example. Yeah. So um, my wife and I have a, like a secret hidden um, channel that we don't really t- um, do too much with other than post videos that we think will do very well with views. And we just kind of take the passive AdSense revenue off of it. And this is a strategy that we follow completely uh, there. And that's like what videos are doing really, really good big, you know, like 10 million plus views. And we look at their stats and like, okay, those videos are still growing. They're getting like hundreds of thousands of views per day. We just want to get some of the spinoff traffic to that video. So we saw this one video. It was, I think it was called um, something effective, how to, how, how to make golf ball paint. And it's like a little craft you do with your kids um, where you have this pan and you put some, a piece of paper at the bottom, squirt some paint on top and then you roll golf balls around in it. And it just makes like this fun little paint design on the paper. Well, we were looking at that thinking like, man, I don't have, we don't have any golf balls but my wife was like, oh, but we have like an acorn tree. Like, what if we did that same craft with acorns? So we made the video, how to do golf ball paint with acorns, mm. you know? So it's not the same video. Like, we're not trying to compete. We just want to get spinoff traffic where it's it's related to that one. And you can see how someone who's watching the golf ball paint 
video would be like, I don't have golf balls either. Oh, acorns. That's another creative idea. And now it's an easy video for them to click on next. And so now we just get hundreds of thousands of spinoff views onto that video because it's related to that other bigger video. This is part of a bigger strategy that a lot of marketers do, which is to find some sort of a big topic like Pokemon Go a while back was huge, right? (laughs) So anybody who could do anything related to Pokemon Go was just going to get huge, huge traffic as a result of it. Right. So if you can figure out a way to kind of work into something that is trending or popular or find a way that in something that's popular in a different channel and make a version of it for yours, that's a way to draw in new people and potentially grow your subscribers is what I hear you saying. Yeah, and I, but I don't mean trending as in the in the sense that it goes up and, and then dissipates after a few it's, weeks. You want a long tail, right? Evergreen stuff that's just always just getting like hundreds of thousands of views per day, maybe even millions. I have friends who get um, several million views a day across their channel and, and they did this exact same thing, you know, where they're just like, oh, here's this big phonics song that's going like everyone all the kids are watching i'm gonna make some phonics songs too and that's what they do what about just flat out asking for the subscribe at the end of each video do you recommend that or not yeah you definitely need to i mean so if you're going to really grow the audience um, a couple of things need to happen. One, of course, you need to deliver good value to them. Uh, two, you need to do it consistently. But three, you just got to ask people to subscribe. But I found that on YouTube, like people are kind of, they've heard that so many times. Like sometimes if they're an active YouTube subscriber and, you know, viewer, they, that does, that's not really enough. I, I recommend that you say subscribe, but also tell them why, you know, answer that, like that question. So the way I do it is I start at the end of my videos, I do my call to action. I say, and if this is your first time here and I, and I start by saying it that way, because I want to, now I, I want to call up those people that it's their first time watching one of my videos. And now they're, they're, they're listening more intently now. They're like, Oh, like now I feel like he's talking exactly to me. Like I, this is my first time here. And so I've got their attention a little bit. So if this is your first time here, I would love to have have you subscribe because, and then I go in like this channel. That way you won't miss all my future videos or whatever, right? Um, yeah, but I, I pitch more like the value proposition, you know, a subscribe because every week I'm publishing videos to help you grow your YouTube audience so they can reach people and spread a message that changes their lives. As we talked about here today, you know, that type of thing. And, and so I want them to know, like, this is the value that you get by subscribing. Not like, Hey, if you subscribe, you'll get more videos. People are like, yeah, we know. (laughs) Um, but I want you to subscribe and people are like, Ooh, yes. Like that value. That's what I want. I want to subscribe for that. Crazy question. When yeah. someone hits the subscribe button, does YouTube have an option that will give them some sort of access to a, to a special video like when you hit like you do over email? You know what I mean? Like put your email yep. address in here, we'll send you this special thing. Do they do anything no. like that on YouTube? There's no gated type of thing like that now. What a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a yeah, bummer, I mean, huh? Send it to your I like, guess what I do. I just send people to sign up for my email list, get my free book and that's how I do that. But yeah, yeah, I do that on my cool. website. Very cool. Well, um, I guess the last question about subscribers is help me understand fundamentally, how does that work? I mean, how do they get notified when you have a new video and is it just a vanity metric or does it really make a difference in future views for your videos? Uh, it's a little bit of both, you know? So if you are trying to like earn AdSense revenue, for example, Google doesn't pay you for the number of subscribers that, that you have. They, they pay you for the number of interactions that your viewers have with ads on your content. So in that case, essentially you get paid for views, not so much for subscribers. Um, I, I've seen that, um, 
subscribers are very important from like an SEO perspective because you do have potentially more people who will be watching your videos now, which will give you more, you know, watch time, which then looks as a very positive signal for how videos rank. Um, but you can also pay for subscribers and they can mean nothing, <laughs> you know. So the way someone gets notified, though, is that um, – when they can when they log into YouTube, the the homepage of YouTube will curate content that they think that person would be interested in, both from their subscriptions and maybe from people they haven't ever heard of before. Um, if they want to see just the people that they're subscribed to, then they can go to their subscription feed um, by clicking that at the top and then going through and um, and watching just the videos of people they're subscribed to in reverse chronological order. To be clear, if someone is a subscriber to your channel, there's going to be a greater likelihood that they're going to see your future videos, right? I oh, mean, yes. yes. Th- so, I mean, that's that's a that's an important metric beyond just the social proof and seeing, oh my gosh, two hundred thousand people follow Tim, you know, which right. is of course important, right? Which will also lead to more view time. But um, it, it there is some sort of a algorithm or some sort of a feed or whatever, right? And the, and if you're they're not a subscriber, they're just not likely going to ever see your videos again, right? Right. Yeah. So if you go to like, if, you, if someone subscribes and they forget about you, you know, then they come back to youtube.com and they see, uh, you know, some recommended videos based on your previous viewing patterns, but then they'll have some videos uh, that are shown up there of, of channels that you're subscribed to, some that you're not subscribed to, but there's, you'll be far more likely to show up on that page if you're subscribed to them um, or you'll more likely to show up to that viewer if they're subscribed to you, um, then they'll show up. Awesome. Well, first of all, Tim, I want to say thank you so much. This has been absolutely incredible. We could speak, we could talk for another 45 minutes, no problem. And um, the good news, folks, is that Tim has an enormous amount of great free resources. Why don't you tell everyone where they can discover more about you and all the great stuff you're doing, Tim? Yeah, you can find me at youtube.com slash video creators. That's where, uh, you know, I train people how to grow their YouTube audiences and build those platforms on YouTube using online video. I also have my own podcast, the Video Creators Podcast in iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, where every Thursday I'm publishing an episode that also digs more in depth into that some of the stuff than I can do here uh, while on my YouTube channel. So both of those two places would be great. Awesome. Tim Schmoyer, YouTube expert. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. Thanks for having me. Was that a good show or was that a good show? I know there was a lot that we mentioned and you probably want to check out the show notes. So if you want to check them out, simply go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash 214. That stands for episode 214. There you'll find links to everything that we talked about in today's show. Also, we've got an incredible lineup for you. You want to make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're new to this podcast player so you don't miss out on any of the future episodes that we're going to be bringing to you. My last ask is, have you been listening to this show for a while? Have you been hearing me ask about, hey, can I get a review? Well, have you done it or have you been meaning to do it? If you haven't, would you try visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes? Go ahead, pause right now, socialmediaexaminer.com dot com slash iTunes. You can do it from your smartphone and go ahead and write a little review. I'd love to hear what you think about this show. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. 
Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.